Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. We are talking running backs today with our Bucks offseason outlook as it continues. John Ledger and I talked about quarterbacks yesterday. Make sure that you check out that podcast if you missed it. Today, J.C. Allen and myself are going to be talking running backs. It's a position that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Interesting position for the Bucks this offseason, JC, because really they only have one running back under contract. That's Keyshawn Vaughn. You've got Leonard Fournette, you've got Ronald Jones, and Giovanni Bernard all as free agents. Big uh big big uh room to fill. You know, you've got one guy there. Usually you want to carry at least four, depending on the experience and the play of your lead back. Yeah. Uh, sometimes five. I think this roster is probably more of a full running back group as it was the last two seasons. So right. you've got to add three guys. And where that's going to come from, where the, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's retaining some of your own guys, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bucks do, how much they're willing to put into this group if they do go free agency route and, or bringing a guy like Leonard Fournette back. And um, I'm I'm very intrigued by the whole process. It really is. This is a position that's near and dear to my heart. I'm I'm an older guy, so I grew up when you had to have a thousand yard running back, or you're not going to the playoffs. You know that's just how it was back then, right? And uh, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, John Riggins, got the autograph from from the Diesel. Okay, uh, was born in in Virginia, so I grew up a Washington Redskins fan. So that was a long the time Commanders. ago, though. What's that? Commanders fan? You mean? Nah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Hail to the Redskins. That's that's uh, still ringing in my ears when I was a kid. But then, then I moved to Kansas City and grew up a Chiefs fan because that's just what you did. And Christian Okoye really became my my favorite running back. So went from the Diesel to the Nigerian Nightmare. So yeah, I grew up with sweetness, right? Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders. Um, Earl Campbell back in the day, you know, Bo Jackson. I mean, there was a lot of exciting running backs, right? I'm just saying, like, like it used to be a running back league. And maybe it'll get back to that. I don't think it will. I I think the passing game is here to stay. And, uh, you know, things are cyclical, right? We went through the run and shoot with the passing game, and that kind of got – figured out you know and and uh but I, I think the passing game is here to say here to stay so having said that jc um you better be able to catch the ball if you're a tampa bay buccaneer running back right and you got to be able to pass protect because we saw ronald jones go from a guy that was on the verge of a thousand yard season to a contract yeah. year where he was pretty much riding the pine because of playoff lenny yeah, I mean, you have to be, especially in this offense too, in this system, you have to be multifaceted. You have to be able to catch the ball. You have to be able to pass protect. And you have to be able to obviously run the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if you don't have all three of those traits, and as you said, as we're moving towards a more pass-heavy league, in order to be a complete three-down back, you have to have all those, and you have to have them in spades or else you're not going to be able to accomplish much. See, I grew right. up. With, I grew up in New England, obviously, as everyone knows. So yep. you know, I, I had Curtis Martin for a minute, 
Mm-hmm. But then after that, we had Antoine Smith and Clark yep. Dillon, Corey Dillon. I and uh, I mean, that was probably the best running back that those Patriots teams have ever had. They had yep. Legarrette Blount, who had some great seasons and everything like right. that. So I, it's always, for me, it's always been like, eh, you just get a running back. You know, that was Bill Belichick. <laughs> just get a running back and plug him into the system. If he can catch, if he can be a good third down back, because yeah. You know, I and mean, Jarvis right. Green Ellis, oh, Rex Burkhead, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Sony Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they just plugged whoever back in there, right. and they had but, but the the Patriots really with Tom Brady, they had the the Patrick Pass, they had the Kevin Falk, you know, they had they had the running backs that could catch Green, the ball, James White, James Ben, White. yeah, Ben Breen, exactly. So, so uh, the Patriots really kind of helped usher in what the Buccaneers are looking for now, which is running backs that can catch the ball. So, um, you know, let's, let, let's just, I'll say this. I, I think if I don't know this to be true, I'm just, this is speculation on my part, but I think if Ronald Jones just had some Celsius before third downs, right? I think if he went out there and had a Celsius, maybe the pass protection would have improved. Maybe the hands would have improved in the passing game. I don't know that I'm not stating that as fact, but it just it's an educated guess a little bit of of expert speculation on my part you know Anything. but what I, but what i do know is with when you're talking about celsius you're talking about the best energy drink why is it the best jc because there's no sugar and no preservatives but there's plenty of flavor i don't know how the scientists do it but they make this the sparkling fuji apple pear taste like apples and pears the strawberry guava tastes like strawberries and guavas. The orange berries taste like snozberries. I, I can't drink orange juice anymore. It's too acidic. I uh, got the old man, you know, acid reflux going on, but I love the taste of orange juice. And so the sparkling orange really fits the bill. I know John likes the wild berry. There's tropical vibe. Uh, heck, I just tried. Uh, I, I should say I, I tried again because I had it before like months ago, but I'm kind of back on the cola kick now. Cola's this cola really flavor good. tastes just like your favorite colas. So the sales pitch, there it is. Now, where can you find these tasty beverages that are going to give you all the energy you need without the crash? Well, you can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator. You can find them on Amazon. You can do the subscribe and save like I do. I get my wife the watermelon flavor. I get the orange flavor delivered on a monthly basis, and I save money with the subscribe and save. So I have to go out and find it. But you yeah. can also click on those banners on PeterReport.com, and uh, and you can find out where to get Celsius also. So uh, our show, the Peter Report Podcast, proudly presented by Celsius, energized by Celsius. And uh, if you're not doing the Celsius thing, folks, you, you better you better get with the program. Yeah, it's great, too. I just started a, a new diet, down eight pounds in a week. Good for uh, you. And, you know, I'm really low carbs, trying to watch yeah. my carbs and sugars. And guess what? LCS doesn't have any carb any, any sugars and it's less than two grams of carbs a serving. So boom, there you go, oh, JC. And it gives you the energy you need to go throughout the day. So it's beautiful. Yep. JC, this is kind of your week, right? You're feeling better. You you had, I don't know if it was COVID or a cold. I think I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and kicked that. But uh if I type in JC Allen on Twitter, oh, I see a little blue check mark. Oh look at you, you got verified. Congratulations. I That's appreciate it. It was yeah. nice, you know. Uh, I applied it. My birthday was last Thursday, um, so Great. I, you know, out of the win, I, I've 
tried to, you know, obviously I've applied a few times, but I was like, you know, whatever, let's just apply. You know, uh, I applied. I woke up Thursday, uh, Friday morning to the, the check mark. And out of all, out of the strangest thing out of the world was John Cena was following me. I couldn't, I couldn't see the follow at first. I had to double check, but, right. you know, I couldn't. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was crazy. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you you've had quite the week, man. It's, yeah, it's it's nice getting little week. better. Nice little yeah. Saturday. Went to Home Depot, Bed Bath and Beyond. So I had time. Right <laughs> there, you go. Uh, speaking of John Cena, I'm watching Peacemaker. And I love it. I love oh, it. So good. The '80s jams on that too. The oh, good. '80s rock is is badass. Let's let's stick with the program though, which is running backs today. JC, the Buccaneers, uh, as we we mentioned just a couple minutes ago, Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, those are the free agents. Keyshawn Vaughn is the only running back. I mean, technically, Kenyon Barner, but I mean, chances of him making the team are, I think, slim. But right now, Keyshawn Vaughn is is probably a lock to make this team. Now, is he going to be the number four back, the number three back, the number two back? I don't think he's going to be the number one back. At least I hope not. But let's start. let's start with the guy that's on the roster right now with Keyshawn Vaughn. What did you see? What did you like? What what did you not like about his rookie season? You know, about his rookie season, there was definitely some issues, you know, I think holding on to the ball, just getting a, adjusted to the pro game. Yeah. Coming did he make past- enough strides last year in his second season to I think make you want to see more? I think he did. Not I don't know if I necessarily want to see him as a, as a starting back, but I think he showed enough that he could definitely be a, a consistent contributor in a committee. And I mean now you've got like four four or five guys who are true lead backs in the NFL that yeah. don't come off the field. But as a committee guy, I think he can definitely give you something. His his pass protection um has definitely improved. His hands still, you know, <laughs> I think he gets a little too excited. You know, I know Tom throws a fastball, but I, you know, I would love to see him really go on and work on his hands a little bit more this yeah. offseason. Um, there's no doubt that, you know, when he finds a hole and can find a, he can take it to the house. We saw that. We, we, we've been able to see that. And even back in college, you saw that against that LSU game, running behind one of the worst offensive lines in college that year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's able to hit the next level and hit the next gear. Um, I just think it's a little more time, more reps, and he'll be able to um, really fill in as, as a contributor. I have him, you know, as potentially the, the number two running back on the depth chart, depending on some of the moves they make going yeah. forward. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I'm not buying Bruce Aaron saying he could be a number one back. I'm not. You know, I love Bruce, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. but. This is a guy who said D. Delaney was this guy all year long. Right. Well, also, too, I mean, rewind to 2019. He was excited about Peyton Barber. He was calling Peyton Barber a lead back, right? (laughs) And, and, I mean, to me, Peyton Barber is like a poor man's Ernest Graham. I know I'm I'm dating myself a little bit here, but but if you remember Ernest Graham, I mean, he was a serviceable guy, you know. I mean, catch the ball and run. But, you know, he was never going to be a thousand-yard guy. and, And, you know. I, I, I just haven't seen enough yet uh, about Keyshawn Vaughn. And and uh, I don't know that I want to see a whole bunch more, but I'm not against it either. I'm kind of on the fence, you know. Uh, some plays and some really bad plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he made some strides. But, I mean, if, if I had to – if I had to if I was Jason Light and I had my, my running back depth chart, right, one, two, three, and four, his name on the magnetic strip is is on three right now. And I'm looking for, I'm looking for three more guys on this team. 
Now, let's start at the top, right? Uh, well, no, actually, let's not. Let's start with with the obvious, which is Ronald Jones. He's not coming back, right? What? I mean, Ro- Rojo's gone. I'm just what? telling you right now. He's gone. Yeah, Rojo's, yeah. He's, Rojo, he's... Rojo gone. <laughs> he he didn't want to return. I don't think the Bucks want him because I... he just is not a fit in terms of being able to catch the ball and pass protect. They can't trust him. His coaching staff can't trust him. Ronald Jones does not want to come back and get – four to six carries per game and, and be the guy that's just going to step in when, when uh, Leonard Fournette or whoever the starter is next year, you know, needs a blow. It just, I think, I think this is a, this is an amicable divorce. It's, I don't want to be here. See ya. And they're like, I don't want you. See ya. I would be shocked if Rojo came back. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I just don't think you could kind of see that the, the team soured on him and he, you know, maybe soured on the team. Um, it's very immature as well. Doesn't take criticism well. Uh, I just think he needs a change of scenery. And, you know, in his mind, he's he's a guy that. <laughs> <laughs> Rojo's in the pit, not the palace. <laughs> not the palace. Yeah, he can jump he on a coupe yeah. no mileage and, and, and leave Tampa Bay. I just yeah. I just don't think it's, it's a fit anymore. Um, and he's not a guy who's going to buy into that team philosophy that this team has. He's one of the only guys, I think, in that locker room that, really is concerned about numbers and touches and you could see that kind of you know in his demeanor throughout the season right. so yeah see you later rojo thanks for almost a thousand yard season yeah and your contributions but you know you you had abilities to step up and and you you just haven't been able to step up to the table so that's right yeah and and listen the, the thing too is 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 when we're talking about running backs and, and i know that they're there are some members on the Peter Report staff. I'm not going to name names that don't believe in running backs. That oh. believe that that they are uh, afterthoughts. Um, okay, that's fine. But Bruce Arians believes in running backs, and and collectively, I mean, taking out the you know, the six carries that that Blaine Gabbert had, uh, a couple of reverses. I mean, the Buccaneers had about let's see how many carries did Tom Brady have. Tom Brady had he had seven, uh, let's see twenty eight carries, including and these are including kneel downs. So take out maybe thirty years. Well, uh, take out about fifty rushes, right between the kneel downs, the Blaine, um, who was undefeated by the way as a quarterback when he played in games <laughs> last year, and Tom Brady had, and a couple of those end around Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, etc. Uh, Jalen Darden. The Buccaneers had about three hundred and fifty. Uh, or so rushes last year. And then you throw in the number of catches that the Buccaneers had from the running back position. I mean, Leonard Fournette had 69 catches. He was the third leading receiver behind Chris Godwin at 98, Mike Evans at 74, and Leonard Fournette had 69. So he was the third leading receiver on this team. And he missed three games. And he, Yeah, and he, he missed three games. Uh, you know, Giovanni Bernard had 23 catches for the Buccaneers last year, including three touchdowns, right? Uh, Leonard had uh, two touchdowns receiving. So the running backs play a big part in what Bruce Arians and the Bucks offense want to do, but it's not just running the ball. And that's kind of the point we're making is, is going forward, whether it's free agency, the draft, whatever, the Buccaneers need to find guys that are just about as good catching the ball as they are running the ball. And, I, and, and we have a couple of names we're going to get to later here in the show. But um, but but Ronald Jones just is not a fit for what the Buccaneers are doing now and, and moving forward. No, not at all. Um, you know, there's 
I just don't think there's any redeeming qualities for him to come back. I mean, pass protection struggled, catching the ball struggled. Yeah, he, he's a, he was probably the best pure runner, but yeah. that doesn't get you anything in an offense that requires you to be all three. Or, at, yeah. you know, maybe you could get by if you're really good at two, but you're when you're only, you know, I would even I would even call him really good at rushing the ball, slightly above average running the ball. He's not going to cut it. He, he's, he's just gone. New, new change of scenery. Thank I mean, you. Listen, ring. See you later. Back in the 90s, I mean, Ronald Jones, you give him 20, 25 carries. I, I think he's pretty good. But the thing is, is the Buccaneers are not just about running the ball. And it became it became a detrimental to the offense because when Ronald Jones was in, that was a key for defensive coordinators to blitz. Because one of two things is going to happen. When you when you all of a sudden when Ronald Jones is in the game and you blitz, it you're essentially run blitzing because you expect him to to uh, to carry the ball, right? I mean, it's kind of a tell, it's kind of a tip off that if Ronald Jones is in the game, they're gonna run the ball. Exactly. And so when all of a sudden you've got safeties coming up and linebackers creeping up at the line and you're stuffing the box getting ready, what's the quarterback going to do? He's going to check out of it, right? And then you're playing right into the defense's hands because now you've turned Ronald Jones from a running back to a pass protector or receiver, right? Exactly. And 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 that's that's the detrimental part of it is is that was the chess game that defensive coordinators could play against Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, et cetera, is, is, oh, you got Ronald Jones? We're going to load the box now. Now you're going to want to throw the ball, and you're going to throw a, a ball to a guy who struggles catching the ball, or we're going to show blitz to make him stay in and pass protect, and we're going to get a sack because he's going to whiff on the block. Exactly. Yeah, I just, you know, I, like I said, thank you for your, your contributions over the last, you know, three years. Your rookie year, you did absolutely nothing. Yep. And, uh, you know, working for a ring, but they, it, your time has come and it's see you later, guy. Yep. Just wanna, how it is. Want to thank uh, Leo there for the super chat. We appreciate that. I want to keep Lenny and Geo. Okay. Let's talk about Lenny, right? Let's talk about, uh, about the Bucks lead back and, and really he proved to be that it wasn't just playoff Lenny this was a guy that that picked up where he left off and had a, a fantastic season for the Buccaneers it's unfortunate he got injured along with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in that Saints game I think if Lenny plays the all four quarters they get 10 points on the board and they beat the Saints at home and go undefeated this year that that just wasn't the case but let's take a look at, at what Leonard Fournette was able to do in his contract year, he came back and and won the starting job. 812 yards, 4.5 yard average, uh, eight touchdowns on the ground. And then as a receiver, we talked about that. 69 catches on 84 targets, 454 yards. Wasn't the best average. It was 6.6. But he certainly was effective in moving the chains. Made some really tough catches, including a oh. one-handed catch yes. in the Rams in that playoff game. Uh, scored a pair of touchdowns there. So you add it all up, and Leonard Fournette is is over 1,200 yards. He's actually close to 1,300 yards as uh, as a weapon in this offense. So I just wanted to, you know, to get your thoughts on on. Uh, obviously, he's a good fit, but it comes down to money, right? And uh, the the Buccaneers they can create plenty of cap room. That's not really the issue. But going forward, right? You're going to have Devin White that wants big money. Uh, you got to pay Chris Godwin and Carlton Davis this year. JC, it's going to be a situation where 
knowing Jason Light and Mike Greenberg, they're going to put a line in the sand as far as how much they're willing to pay Leonard Fournette per year. And I don't know if it's five. I don't know if it's six million per year. I don't know if it's seven or eight. But where did the the Bucks draw that line? What would you feel comfortable with bringing Leonard Fournette back for on a on a contract basis? How many years and and what's the average? You know, I wouldn't go more than two years. And man, I I, I I'm in the same boat as John. I don't I don't think you pay running backs. Um, I I think five million is probably pushing it. Um, that's my top top dollar that i'd give him no yeah. more than two years 10 million i'll give him seven of it eight of it guaranteed you know almost the whole thing guaranteed but i'm not paying big dollars for a running back i'd rather spend that that money elsewhere you know and that's nothing to take away from leonard fournette and his contributions i think he's a he's a great um player and, he, and he's great for this system i just you know he's not the best runner in the world i i think that you know, he's he's grown tremendously as a pass protector. We knew he had the hands the year before he came here. He had over 70, um, you know, 700 catches. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, 72 yeah. catches. So yeah. it's like we knew that he could he can catch the ball. But I just, you know, I'm, I just don't feel comfortable paying running backs that money. And I think you can go elsewhere in the free agency market and probably get someone and also, you know, spend another some capital in the draft and get somebody. This is a very deep running back group. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even mind double dipping in the draft at running back. Yeah. Uh, if you well, the only problem that. is just six draft picks this year, unless you get some compensatory picks. But or start but, trading uh, around. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I I'm moving on from Leonard Fournette if he's asking for anything more than, yeah. than five five and a half million. That's I, just I'd amazing. feel comfortable at five, which which essentially be doubling what he made last year, and I think you can justify that because Ronald Jones was making over a million dollars last year, last year of his contract. So you're kind of just saying, okay, we're going to take kind of what we gave Rojo, give it to you, Lenny, and give you a little bit of a bump, and then we'll draft a running back on the cheap. So we'll have the, the drafted running back, and we'll have Keyshawn Vaughn, who's still on his rookie deal very cheap, and then and then Leonard, right? And then maybe you bring back Giovanni Bernard. We'll get to Gio in a second, but – I'm kind of with you. Like I've already gone on record saying Leonard sold me. He's a great fit for this offense. There are a lot of free agent running backs out there uh, that we'll get to in a minute, but I wouldn't mind paying the guy, but I agree with you. It's a two year deal. And I, I would feel comfortable maybe at five because Leonard's 27 years old right now. Spot track has him at two years, 6.1 million uh, per season. And that, that's a little rich for me. Yeah, I've seen him up to eight million a season, and I'm just not interested in playing paying anywhere. No, I would that. not do that. Yeah, and and see yeah. the thing is, Cordero Patterson, who I've kind of been campaigning for a little bit with the Falcons, and why not the guy? Even though he's 31, he had he signed with the Falcons for three year. I'm sorry, one year, three million dollar deal. He had 618 yards rushing and six touchdowns, and 548 yards receiving yeah. and five touchdowns. So that's, he had it all together. That's and it's, uh, it's over 1,100 yards combined. Not like he's been a running back his entire career where he's taken right. that pounding. So a 31-year-old running back comparative to a guy a wide receiver. Lead, yeah, a guy who's going to lead back yeah. is a little bit different. So, I mean, I, I think Pro Football Focus has uh, uh, 
Cordell Patterson at around six million per year, and yeah, spot track had him at nine nine point one. Listen, I would talk to Cordero Patterson. I don't know what his has has Leonard Fournette at two years, sixteen million, eight million million. per year, eleven total. That's don't see it. I don't see the Bucks paying that. I'm not saying he can't get it, but I just don't know teams that pay running backs anymore. And the ones that do, it's like once these general managers get snake bit, and I know Jason like got snake bit paying Doug Martin, right? It's like yeah. you know Saquon Barkley is he going to get money from the Giants? I mean the Panthers are are kicking themselves right now for for paying Christian McCaffrey all that money and he's just can't stay healthy, you know. So and and same thing with with James Conner, some team is going to pay him. Now he stayed healthy in Arizona and and James Conner would be a good fit in Tampa. I will. That's my guy. <laughs> right. I, I mean he's he's a fantastic option. Uh, Spontrack has him at two years, five point nine million per season. That's a little rich. But I just can't see him staying healthy because he's such a physical back, you know. But um, that's um, why I think that if you can double dip in the draft, you know, um, it's worth it. If you bring in James Conner for running back, should draft him, right, JC? Exactly. You bring in yeah. James Conner for a year. Um, if he's down, to, if he's you know looking for a year contract, or yeah, and then you you draft a guy early enough in the third round, fourth round, maybe, and you you bookend that with a sixth seventh round gem because you can find some good running backs and th- I, I mean you've done, started the research i've done, started some research there's some really good running backs that you can grab out of this draft late that could you know be con- special teams contributors and yeah. you know even if you get a speed guy or or change you know change your pace type back right i think you can find that later but yeah john connor i really i really like that fit for for the buccaneers i don't think he's going to cost more than leonard Fournette. He's a, he's a guy who can you know, do it all three down back. It doesn't have breakaway speed. It's not right. gonna, you know, bust out long runs. You know, yeah. based off his speed, but right. you know, he he's gonna stay in the field all three downs. He's he's good at catching the ball mm-hmm. out there. And you know, his his stats. He had 18 touchdowns this year. 15 through the air. And he did. 15 on the ground. Another yeah. three in the air. Uh, 375 yards receiving. Total of 1,100 yards, you know, and yeah. some change. So, yeah, he really kind of proved himself there in Arizona. And he had to split carries with Chase Edmonds too, right? Exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I'm with you. I would not be opposed to James Conner. just has to be the right price. And, and th- there are a lot of running backs out there this year, right? And and I think that, that the Buccaneers are, are going to be looking for value uh, because what, what always happens is first day of free agency, first 48 hours, you know, the teams that need guys grab them and overpay, right? And then the market kind of resets. And you always have one or two guys that thought they were going to get paid, like Leonard Fournette last year, that don't. And and those are the kind of guys that I think Jason Light's going to be patient and go out and get. And one of those guys was Giovanni Bernard. Now, he was he was like a, a late cut. But uh, let's talk about Gio. Uh, we all kind of thought that Giovanni Bernard would come in and be that third down back in Tampa. Yeah. But to Leonard Fournette's credit, he really – took that role and became a three down back, not just a third down back, but a one, two and three down back. I liked what I saw from Giovanni Bernard when he was on the field. He was pretty healthy in Cincinnati, but then suffered the knee injury in week three against the Rams and then had that hip injury when he got caught with some friendly fire in uh, was it the Bills game, right? Yeah. That caused him to miss some games and, and Giovanni Bernard, uh, you know, he ended up showing out in the playoffs to a degree, but in terms of his receiving ability, and that's really why they brought him in. Giovanni Bernard had didn't see enough of them. 
I, I know we, we really didn't, but he had uh, uh, eight carries for 58 yards, averaged 7.3 yards per carry, and those limited uh, dashes uh, had had one run of 24 yards that was on a draw. But really the receiving role is where he kind of shined for the Buccaneers, caught 23 of 29 targets, 123 yards. Not a, not a huge average, but but caught three touchdown passes and had a 32-yard uh, catch. He is 30. I think part of the reason why he came to Tampa was to be that third down back, JC, but also to play with Tom Brady. So if Tom Brady's not here yeah. and Gio wasn't used on third down, does Gio want to even come back to Tampa next year? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I don't think you're getting any of those guys back. And I don't necessarily think um Gio I don't think the Gio experiment worked, to be honest with you. I, I think that you go somewhere else and you can bring another player in. Giovanni Bernard, I could easily see him going back up to, to the Bengals um, or another team, but I just... It's the wrong year to leave Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, imagine him trying to catch that third down pass, uh, fourth down pass from uh, from Burrow instead of Samaje P. Ryan. I'm sure that's yeah. completed. But, um, you know, I, I I just don't... I think this is going to be a revamped, re, rehauled group. You're going to have Keyshawn Vaughn yeah. there. And I think this players... I mean, I don't think they're going to lure James White away from the Patriots, even though he's coming off like... A really bad injury anyways but you know there's some guys you could look out to the free agent market you know obviously the draft and we'll get into some draft guys you know yeah. in a little bit but you know i don't a, a guy who's who can catch the ball out of the backfield and, and do some damage as a runner marlon mack maybe that's a guy you look at and he can come in here um and kind of fill that role there's there's other other guys out there as well you know philip Lindsay, who who's been proficient as a catch passer uh uh throughout his career so yeah. you know, you know, one of the names that's that's kind of interesting to me and we'll talk about free agency here just one second if if you had to pick one but not the other would you want leonard back at more money or would you want a cheaper giovanni bernard i'm not paying more money for, for leonard you know, I, I, let's let's just say five million dollars. If if that if that's your price and you can get Leonard back for five million, would you want Leonard back at five million or would you want Geo back for around a million? If I had if I yeah. if I had the five million, all right. If I brought he's not a priority by any means. I yeah. mean, he's like one of the last guys to sign, which is another reason why I don't think he's gonna be back. But I'm looking to lock up definitely um Godwin. I, I wanna get Carlton Carlton Davis, you know, if, if I've got a franchise Carlton, that's great. But I want to work out something quickly to open up that money too, because I don't want yeah. to have seventeen. Well, I mean, we're we're not shuffling the salary gap. I'm just asking you straight up. If if the Bucks could afford Leonard Fournette at five million, do you want Leonard or do you want a cheaper Giovanni Bernard? It's a tough question. I know it's a tough question. I'm asking the tough question. I get, just, Which one? Pick one. Uh Giovanni Bernard. Okay, I would take I would take Lenny at five just because I know what I'm getting, and 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 he's probably a little pissed off he didn't get more money, and I like I like pissed off runners. Okay. So now now let let me ask you this, then we'll move on to the free agent running backs. Do you if you had to put money down, would or do you think that that Giovanni Bernard will be back? Yes or no? And do you think Leonard Fournette will be back? Yes or no? I, I I just told you I don't think both either of them are back. If I had to put money down, I don't think either of them are back. Of course, it's crazy. We're we're so early into this in this process, you know, and there's so much 
money that needs to be opened up and and spent and allocated. Yeah. I think more important positions. If you've got the money left over after you brought the guys like you know Davis and Godwin and, and Whitehead and even maybe Whitehead and Golston, right? You bring those guys Golston, back first. Then yes, you know if you've got the money left over and you're doing a two year deal with some void years, you prorate it, whatever. Then yeah, I'll, I'll take Lenny back. I'm, I by no means am, I want to come up here and say that I do not want Leonard back. I do not like Leonard. I don't think he's a good fit. I I loved what Leonard did, yeah. and I think he could be a great player. I'm just more worried about the money, right? And you know, when it comes to paying running backs, it's just it's yeah. a it's a gamble. It's it just, is. It's the biggest gamble there is out there. Agreed. Speaking of which, there's there's a couple of guys we'll just kind of run through here uh, that, that might be some good Buccaneer fits along the lines of catching the football. And, of course, we talked about Cordero Patterson. It's got to be the right price, though. I mean, the, the Bucs aren't paying $9.1 million per year over two years like Track has has him, him there for, um, you know, even at $6 million, that's still a lot of money. I, again, I think the Buccaneers would want, you know, somewhere in, in the neighborhood of, of $5 million. Um, let's just address the, the David Johnson thing. David Johnson's kind of cooked at this point in time. He's not the guy he used to be at age 30 now that he was in Arizona when he was catching everything and having, right. you know, close to 2000 yards or whatever it was, whatever ridiculous number it was of rushing and receiving yards that he had for Bruce Arians. He's just taken a lot of punishment. He's had a lot of injuries at the same time. This, this was a, a, a group that, Signed LaShawn McCoy when he was cooked. So I wouldn't put it past if if uh if he's out there for the veteran minimum, uh, you know, which would be probably under a million dollars, and he's maybe a running back four. I don't know if he but, brings any special teams value, but I'm just saying I wouldn't yeah. rule David Johnson out. I'm not campaigning for him or wanting him, but this if is a team that brought in LaShawn McCoy when obviously he had nothing left in the well, tank. They did bring in LaShawn too before they had Fournette. So, I mean, LaShawn yeah. was kind of the guy who was, you know, hey, you can catch them, you know, catch them ball. God, they brought in Fournette. What? <laughs> Imagine if, if, if LaShawn McCoy was, was RB2 uh, in 2020, you know? He, he was almost RB2. Yeah, he was. Without, yeah, without Fournette, he would have been, for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I think one uh, one guy who's out there who you know he's he's approaching his year thirty year, um, but has kind of kind of got pushed to the way he's had a good season, but kind of got pushed mm-hmm. to the wayside by a young rookie running back who I who I know a lot of Tampa fans loved. He was my favorite running back yeah. in the draft. Um, but I again, running backs don't get paid often. I think Leonard Fournette probably has a better yeah. opportunity to get paid than this guy is Melvin Gordon. Um, he's a guy who can do it all. He can yeah. he catch the ball. He's a, he's not a bad pass protector. He almost had a thousand yard season last year. Eight touchdowns yeah. on the ground, splitting time with Javante Williams, two hundred thirteen yards through the year. Another two mm-hmm. touchdowns there. Interesting because he made eight million last year in Denver, but Spotrac has him as a one year five point two million dollar guy, and yeah. he's almost twenty nine, which is kind of like almost at the end. But on a one year deal for five million, I agree with you that that would not be a, a bad complimentary back because he is a very prolific pass catcher. And I, I think he's maybe even a step ahead of, of Fournette in terms of a, of a runner, depending on how much gas he has left in the tank. So yeah, that's not a bad name. I, I agree with you there. I'm I'm open to that. You know, there, there's a there's not many guys out there, but there are a few. Right. There are a few guys who I think if if especially depending right, Scott, at where you draft a guy. If yeah. you're drafting a guy in the third round, end of the second, you know, 
um, or, or you're moving your picks around a little bit. If they mm-hmm. move back from 27 mid second round, there might be one or two right. guys. The thing about the draft, though, and you know, I haven't done extensive research on the running backs. I know you've dived in a little bit more. Is the the top running backs? Most of these guys on the board could fit Tampa Bay's system. There's, yeah. I mean, it's a very uh, versatile group of running backs. We're not seeing the real big bruising backs out there. Yes, um, there's actually a lot of good fits yeah. in this year's running back class uh, that that I think might surprise some fans. We'll um, we'll get to those in just a second. But you know, Chase Edmonds, depending on his price tag, this is a pass catching running back that that the Cardinals you know had for the last couple of years, and he he was the second fiddle to James Conner. Might be looking for an, an expanded role. He's not a feature back, but I was surprised that Leonard Fournette was in Tampa because Bruce Arians likes the one-two punch. We saw that with with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones in 2019. We saw that with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in 2020. And Leonard got obviously most of the work this year and well-deserved. But Chase Edmonds, 592 yards rushing, two touchdowns last year, 311 yards receiving. And Track has him as a three-year, $5.2 million per year guy. I don't think he's going to get paid that much. I really don't. If he's in the $3 million range, I think he might be a good value and an upgrade over Giovanni Bernard, especially since he's younger. He's 26. Yeah. Um, another guy that is uh, somewhat interesting is uh, Jarek McKinnon, who had a really good postseason for the Chiefs. He really impressed me. And I forgot he was on the Chiefs even. I was like, wow, who's this number one? He really tore it up in, in the, the postseason, had 54 uh, carries for 231 yards, averaged 4.3 yards per carry in the playoffs, had a rushing touchdown, but had 31 catches for 279 yards and uh, an average 9.9 yards receiving. I'm sorry, 9.0 yards receiving and had a touchdown. So this is a player that really fits what the Buccaneers want, which is a pass-catching running back. The other running back in Kansas City, uh, Darrell Williams, is also, I think, a very good style of fit for the Buccaneers. He had um, a, a solid year in Kansas City as well. Matter of fact, his injury is what caused McKinnon to really see some playing time. But he was a part-time back, age 26, at 558 yards, six touchdowns this past season. But at 47 catches for 452 yards, that's a 9.6-yard average and a two-touchdown performance in the passing game. A bigger guy, 5'11", 219, where McKinnon's not as big. But I wouldn't, you know, I, I would keep an eye on the Chiefs running backs and see see how much they're going to get in the free agent market. Track has Darrell Williams three years, $2.2 million per year. That's not a bad option to invest a young running back in that can run and catch the ball, JC. No, not at all. Um, you know, they already did have a Chiefs running back on the roster all season, pretty much. So maybe they go that route another. There's there's a few injury guys too that are out there, um, and some prove it guys who are kind of you know they had their opportunity yeah. and you know you could bring them in look, look around and like a Raheem Mostert with yeah. the 49ers. I mean he's yeah, he got hurt with week one. Yep, he's yeah. going to be 30, but has had great track record. Some really good seasons. Shouldn't be able to get him uh, for too much money. A guy like Rashad Penny. From the yeah. Seahawks, who I like of, Rashad Penny coming out of San Diego State, but I don't know if he's the pass catcher that 
that the Buccaneers want or need. Now, he, he yeah. did come on. I was glad to see it. He was a late bloomer because, man, this guy, when they drafted him in the first round, he, he did nothing for the first couple of years in Seattle. He got hurt a lot, but he did really come on this year. I'm glad to see it. And again, guys like Marlon Mack coming back from injury. Uh, a lot of people were really wanted the Bucs to make a move for him um, at the trade deadline. He's got versatility to, to do it all, be a, a potential you know, yeah. three down back. Um, I'm not saying the best, but I mean, if you're not paying guys like Melvin Gordon or Leonard Fournette, because I really don't right. think there's anybody else out there that really deserves to get paid more than five million dollars. You know, maybe yeah. James Conner as well. You throw those guys; those are the three, you know, bigger money backs out there. You right. know, you're looking at guys who are either reclamation projects or kind of mm -hmm. one trick ponies, and you know, I think that's why. Um, it's going to be, you're going to really have to supplement this group with someone in the, in the draft. Yeah, I, I really, I, I think so. Yeah. I'm um, really intrigued by some of the names that could be I available do. though. And, um, you know, it's going to be, I, I, I could see Jason light and Bruce wait yeah. it out and see who the value backs are. And then, okay. and then add a guy, I don't think there's going to be any rush to sign a running back maybe the first week or two in free agency. And they're going to see who's available. Um, I'm not saying running backs are a dime a dozen. They kind of are. But but I think the Buccaneers are going to treat the position like that. What about uh, – Tom asked, what about Tony Pollard from the Cowboys? I love him. The only problem is he's a restricted free agent. So I don't see the Bucs making a move necessarily for him. The Bucs did like him coming what out. What round pick was he? What, What's that? What, what round pick was he? Uh, I want to say he was a third-round pick. Okay. Well, I mean – that that would be yeah. I mean fourth round would, pick, fourth round pick of the 2019 draft. Fourth round pick. If they yeah. tag him at the original tender um, mm -hmm. instead of a second round tender, that'd be something that I I think the Bucks should or or could entertain. I don't think that's um, gonna be the case. I think they're gonna tag him higher. He's actually the best running back in Dallas. Yeah, they're gonna tag I mean, him. Yeah, he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just playing the maybe what if could have. Yeah, no, I, I like it. He's a good fit. A guy can run the ball, catch the ball, return kicks. I mean, why not? You know. So, so JC, uh, you know, if I had to put money on the Bucks drafting a running back this year with three holes to fill, right? Um, maybe they, they sign a free agent or two, but they're still going to need to draft a running back, right? They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn two years ago, but I think this is the year they're going to do that. And the thing is, is, is if I had some money to put down on it, it's not just a bet. I would invest that money in a running back. But uh, but the other place to go invest is, of course, at our friends over at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Ah, uh, JC, we got to get to Colorado, man. And in order to do that, you got to save some money, right? You got to save and plan for those trips, and you got to plan for your kids' college. You're going to need to save money for that. You're going to need money for retirement, right? Well, the place to go to have all those questions answered is our friends over at Amy Financial. Folks, I am an Amy Financial customer, and I was before. They even became an advertising partner. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, 
college savings accounts, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Amuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. If you haven't done so yet, folks, give Amuni Financial a call for a free, no obligation consultation to find out what they can do for you and help you with your financial planning. 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at amuni.com. All right, JC, let's talk about some running backs, right, in the draft. There's a couple of names that you like. There's a couple of names that I like. Uh, it's it's the, to the point where, you know, you're you're seeing guys like Jonathan Taylor get drafted in the second round, right? Indianapolis, the Bucks liked him when he came out. But we're just not seeing running backs taken in the first round anymore, right? I mean, the, the guys that have, when they're healthy, Saquon Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, they, they can do some things. They can help you out. But running backs have become kind of that dime a dozen position in the league yep. because you can find guys that are undrafted that can help this help your team. Sometimes not always the best approach. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was worth the second-round pick that the, that the Colts invested in him, led the league in rushing. Uh, same thing with Derrick Henry when he's healthy, but – it's a position, though, that with the emphasis on the passing game, unless you are one of those Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, complete players where you're just as good as a receiver as you are a runner, you're probably going to be second, third, you know, fourth round pick. I wouldn't be shocked if the first running back isn't taken halfway through the second round this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it, it correlates exactly to why running backs aren't getting paid um, because the position has been devalued because of the success that later round running backs have had in taking over and becoming these great players. I mean, if you look at just the last three Super Bowls alone with the Rams, the Chiefs and the and the um, uh the Bucks. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs and the Bucks. They all finished either twenty twenty third in rushing yards or below that. Yeah. And their pat. They all finished in the you know fifth or higher. In Rams yards. could not so, run the ball on Sunday, could they? They <laughs> just run the could ball not run the ball. ball. So I mean, it's it, as as you mentioned multiple times during this podcast is the passing league now. Yeah. And you know you you don't have to necessarily pay these premium prices on running backs and free agency. And that's translating into the draft as well. People do not want to pay these first-round picks. I mean, you get the extra fifth-year option, but people don't right. want to pay that. So you're looking at the second round, and I think that's going to be a common trend throughout the years. And you know, especially when you look and you see a guy like Jonathan Taylor being able to do what he's done. Cam Akers has shown flashes. I think J.K. Dobbins is really ready to take a step forward this year. Uh, those three guys part of the same draft class. If he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, and I think teams are looking around and saying, hey, we're not going to invest in this position. You know, if these guys are 23, by the time we, or, you know, by the time we get them in, draft them, they get utilized, you know, they're going to be eight. And do we really want to pay eight million to nine million dollars a year if it's not someone special like a Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, no, good, good point. Well, when it comes to drafting running backs, that's not exactly been special, JC. I mean, if you look at, at Jason Light's, uh, draft picks when it comes to the running back position. He's done really, really well. Jason Light's been one of the, the better GMs or the best GMs really at drafting since he came to Tampa. I mean, his first overall pick was the seventh overall pick. His first selection as general manager in that capacity was, was Mike Evans. Hits a Hall of Famer right out of the gate. That's, that's fantastic. But his first running back 
in 2014 was Charles Sims, who was really nothing more than a pass catching third down back that complimented uh, Doug Martin and just did not really dazzle you or wow you at all as a runner. So certainly not good value there. In 2017, that was a draft class loaded with players. I mean, Kareem Hunt was the guy I loved out of Toledo. Loved it. And it came down to Kareem Hunt or Chris Godwin in the third round. And I can't say they made the wrong selection, JC, because Chris Godwin's a hell of a player. And we know what happened to Kareem Hunt off the field, and that really kind of derailed his career. It's being revived now in Cleveland. But uh, it, he had a fantastic rookie season, uh, Hunt did, for the Chiefs. And what didn't he lead the league in rushing as a rookie? Yeah, he was he was great. Um, yeah. So having said that, they settled for Jeremy McNichols in the fifth round. They waited and waited and waited. They needed a running back. They waited too long. Dirk Cutter, who was former coach at Boise State and an Idaho native, said, "I like that kid from Boise," you know, <laughs> and he was terrible. He didn't even make it out of camp. They cut him. And he, I think, is still on a roster somewhere. I think Tennessee is a backup running back, but you know he's he is the definition of a fifth round back. He is not good. Um, Ronald Jones, second round pick, good runner, not a good receiver, and he is on his way out. So he's, I but, think he could have real success though in another offense, another scheme that doesn't yeah. ask him to do all he that. He goes stuff. to Baltimore. I could see it, right? They they just ask the running backs to run the ball. Yeah. I could see him sign with Baltimore. Oh, and yeah. you know, him and Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins, that's a nice one, two, three punch right there. And and that's where Rojo needs to go, in my opinion. Yeah, but so. he's really been the best and most productive running back, and he's not going to get a second contract, right? Then you got Keyshawn Vaughn, who I think a lot of people, myself, you Probably, I think John Ledyard, uh, you know, Mark Cook uh, was scratching his head when Keyshawn Vaughn was drafted in the third round. And that was a little high, I think, for Keyshawn. He's been an okay back. We talked about it at the top of the show. You know, I want to see more. Do I want to see more? I'm not sure. But, but uh, you know, he's, he's going to be on this team and he'll get the opportunity. And I hope he grows and develops. He was better this year than he was as a rookie. We'll see. And then seventh round, they drafted Raymond Calais. From Louisiana, he ended up being on the Rams. I'm not sure if he finished with the Rams. He was a practice squatter, but he was really a kick return guy. That's kind of why they brought him in. He's not really a running back. So yeah, those are the running backs that Jason Light has drafted. I think that's his, that's been his blind spot. Are you um, Super Bowl champions on there? Well, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but my point is though is I th I think this no, is the I spot understand. that's been the blind spot for Jason Light. You know, yeah, it, yeah. and I. I I've wanted him to draft running backs. He's not drafted the ones I've wanted, which has really pissed me off. Uh, I, I like Jonathan Taylor a couple years ago, you know, but but uh, there are what's that? Antoine Winfield is a nice little consolation prize. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not saying that he's he's made bad picks. I'm just saying that he hasn't drafted good running backs. So okay. yeah, and I understand you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have Jonathan Taylor and Antoine Winfield, and I like Antoine Winfield. Because I, I don't know that, that they would be using Jonathan Taylor the way they, they would need to use him to get the value out of him as a, as a second-round pick. Right. Having said that, there's a couple running backs that we like. Let's start with the guy that's in our, our mock draft. Uh, this is Tyler Algier from BYU. Now, this you like, you like uh, John, John, or, uh, James Conner. This is, this is the college version, the draft version of 
of James Conner. He is a big bruiser, 5'11", 220 pounds, and really had a, a fantastic career at BYU. Had over 1,600 yards rushing. He can catch the ball. He's good in pass protection. And uh, if you like James Conner, this is the cheaper, younger version of James Conner. This kid can, can flat out play. He can run you over. I don't think he's going to time really well, which is fine because I think the Buccaneers have other needs to address in the draft. So if you want to draft a third-round pick or fourth-round pick running back, this is, I think, the draft to do it because that's where the fits are for the Buccaneers in this. But uh, this is the guy we have in our current mock draft in, in the third round, and uh, I, I like this kid a lot. I'd um, be interested to see how well he times. I don't think he's going to tear it up in Indy by any means, but – but uh, he's he's a heck of a good player. There, there's a, a couple of other players too. Let's let's just go through and mention some of these guys. JC, um, I, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State might be the top running back in this in this year's class. 1600 yards, 18 touchdowns. What scares me is he had 13 catches for 89 yards. Now, does that mean he can't catch the ball, or they just didn't throw him the ball because? They looked at Rojo's numbers, which were similar at USC, and said, well, they just didn't throw him the ball that much. Yeah. But there's a reason why they didn't. So Kenneth Walker, probably a second-round pick. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to want to invest a second-round pick. That probably rules him out. Maybe rules out Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. Brees Hall. Brees Hall from Iowa State. Just because I think those running backs, those three are probably second-round picks. It's probably a little too rich for for the Bucs' blood in my opinion, with them having needs elsewhere. We'll see. Free agency changes everything. But your thoughts on Walker, Hall, and and Spiller? Yeah, I like all three of these guys. I think all three could come in um, and be uh, really <laughs> productive backs of this for this team. Obviously, I think Hall for sure catching the ball, and even Spiller. Those guys have a, have a better track record catching the ball. Um, and, 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 I mean, you look at – you look at Brees Hall too, 6'1, 220, is projected to run somewhere in the you know high four threes. I mean, he's got speed, he can catch, uh, he can run the ball. I, I think there is a lot to like about him, his game. He reminds I, me of, of a little bit of a smaller version of Leonard Fournette because he's an upright runner. He's not the power back that you think he is. He's not gonna run you over. He he'll kind of tiptoe and then accelerate. You know, he dances a little bit. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Le'Veon Bell in his prime, too, where he's a very patient runner and then hits the gas. Yeah. But he's and faster I, than him. Isaiah, Isaiah, good size, too. You know, he's, he's not going to run as fast as as Brees, but I think, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a workhorse back. He's going to be able – he's got decent power, decent speed, a lot of great instincts when it comes to running the ball, and, and, he, and he can catch the ball as well. So. Yeah. And I mean, plus, you know, you're, you're keeping a guy in state, which is always, you know, going to appease the masses. Well, uh, some other guys, Jerome Ford, who's a Tampa native from Cincinnati, bit of a one-year wonder, caught 21 of 22 targets for 220 yards at Cincinnati. Has breakaway speed, 1,300 yards, 19 touchdowns. I'm not sold on him as as a great fit for this scheme. I think he did, he's more of an outside zone runner. But I'm intrigued by Ford. I, I want to do some more film work on him. One of the guys I loved was James Cook. That's Dalvin Cook's little brother at Georgia. I thought he was the better running back at Georgia this year. But he's only 5'11", 190 pounds. But you talk about a pass-catching guy. This guy 
is a fantastic pass catcher. He rushed for 6.4-yard average, seven touchdowns, 728 yards for the national champion Bulldogs. Caught 27 to 30 targets, 274 yards. So he's got he's the kind of guy that can run the wheel routes down the field. He can run the route tree a little bit. He's not just an angle route and a screen guy and a little you know flare to the to the uh, flat kind of guy. He's he's a little bit more of a well-versed wide receiver that can also run the ball. But a 5'11", 190, JC, probably more of a third down situational back type. Yeah, uh, you know, another guy that you, that was in our first mock draft that I I've, re- I've really grown to like too is Rashad White from Arizona. I think that he would be an outstanding pick if he's there in the fourth round. I think yep. he's probably thinks in the third round, so you might have to spend that third round draft pick on him. But I I, I like him as well. Me too. There, there's mean, there's some guys out there. I mean, even looking towards that's why I said you know the seventh round if they do get that you know projected compensatory pick mm-hmm. that they might be getting in the seventh round. I wouldn't mind them grabbing an extra running back in the seventh just to be, you know, for a special teams, a guy who's going to be a change yeah. of pace back, maybe your burner, and, and can just grow and develop behind whoever is your number one, whether that's Leonard Fournette, whether that's Melvin Gordon, whether that's James Conner, or, or whoever you bring whether in. Whether it's the back that you draft in the third round, right? I mean, it could be, exactly. you know, whoever. Uh, Rashad White, we, we did have him in uh, in our first mock draft. I like him too. I thought he played pretty well at the Senior Bowl. He's kind of a glider and a strider rather than a, a, a dasher or a basher at the running back position. He's, a, he's kind of a big back, but doesn't really play like it. He'll he'll plow into guys and, and get the an extra yard or two, but he's not going to break a bunch of tackles. He's a slippery runner, though, so he'll make you miss. But he hit 1,000 yards on the nose as a senior at Arizona State, averaged 5.5 yards per carry, 15 touchdowns on the ground. What, what the Bucks will like is he caught 43 of 48 targets for 456 yards. That's a lot of production right there. I think I think he's a player that is, is a strong day three option, maybe the fourth round. Another guy that's grown on me is small school guy, South Dakota State's Pierre Strong. Now, this guy Ran for 1,694 yards, averaged 7.1 yards per carry. Granted, it was against smaller competition, but he had some big games, including a game against Minnesota, where he really tore it up as a receiver and a runner. 15 touchdowns. uh, I'm sorry, 18 touchdowns for him. He had back-to-back years with 20 catches, 22 for 150 yards. This past season, 20 catches for 177 yards. So, again, you got to be able to catch the ball. He had a 65-yard touchdown on a screen pass in the East-West Shrine Bowl. That's another name to keep in mind there in the uh, in, in the day three selections. Um, another name to keep an eye on is Max Borgie from Washington State. Boy, you got to be a draftnik or a Pac-12 fan to know who Max Borgie is. But he's had a pair of 800-yard seasons, and that was two years ago before COVID and then this past season. And he had 12 touchdowns rushing and 11 touchdowns rushing in those two seasons. Only caught 16 passes for 156 yards this year, but he wanted to really prove he could be a runner and run the ball. And they call this kid Christian McCaffrey Jr. I think he's a day three selection. He's not nearly as talented as McCaffrey, but but the resemblance is there. I'm not just talking the skin color, the game, the way he runs. He's, he's in that mold. But J.C., as a freshman, he caught 
85 passes for 593 yards for the Cougars. So you want a guy that can catch the ball and be a factor on third downs? This might be a good RB3, RB4 for the Buccaneers. And he might not even get drafted. Running backs typically slide down the draft, but this is a name to keep in mind. I know a lot of a lot of people out there, and I see it in the chat. Uh, Kyron Williams, as well. Yeah. Uh, I like Kyron, and and I think he's he's a, a good pass catching guy, yeah. good pass protector. I don't know about the running skills, and, and I'm not sure about his size at, you know, 199 pounds. Again, kind of like James Cook in that build a little bit. He's not a big guy. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how big he measures at the combine, and then also how fast he is. Yeah. Also, I mean, be on the lookout too for cap casualties. So, you know, uh, I, I see someone said, uh, Arians won't use a rookie. I don't necessarily think Arians won't use a rookie, but he's definitely going to want a, a veteran back there. So d- depending yeah. on who that is, I think, and who they're able to get and sign is going to really depend on where they start drafting and what type of type of style player they draft as well. If you're locking up Leonard for two years, maybe you get more of a speedier guy. Right. Then you know, so it's it's there's really a lot of factors that's going to play into this. The one thing I do know is that there will be at least two more new running backs on this team. Yeah, there will be two. I agree with you. Yeah, come at, at least two. Exactly. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, now I, I do want to to burst some people's bubble because I know we have some Gator fans out there, and, and I know that this guy got a lot of hype at the Senior Bowl, talking about Damian Pierce from Florida. Okay. Uh, here's the thing with Pierce, right? Everybody loves this play right here where he scored a touchdown without a helmet against Florida state helmet came off. He kept running and I appreciate his, his effort and his toughness and, and all of that. He's, he's, a, he's a good back. I even kidded it in the Peter report group chat when, when he had that pass protection drill at the senior bowl, right? Where he stoned the, the pass rusher. And that kind of was up on Twitter. I said, well, Bruce Arians is going to draft, and it's because the guy can pass protect, you know. <laughs> and he and he's he's a decent runner, okay? But the problem with Pierce is he only had 100 carries last year for 574 yards. Now, he averaged 5.7 yards per, per carry, and there's a reason why Florida fired their coach. Maybe this guy, you know, should have gotten more opportunities. But I just don't see the juice. His longest run was 27 yards. He, had, he did have 13 carries or 13 touchdowns. You know, he can bang it around the goal line and get that. But where, where's the workload for a guy that's you know 5'11", about 215, 220 pounds? He had nine games, only nine, with 10 carries or more. Never had a 100-yard game at Florida, right? In fact, he never had a game with 90 yards rushing, okay? Uh, 15 carries, 52 yards versus Georgia. Uh, you know, it was one of his better games. Last year, he had 13 carries for 57 yards in a touchdown, um, uh, and, and that came against UCF in the bowl game. I went to the Gasparilla Bowl, right? I, I'm, I, I watched UCF. I'm a UCF fan. UCF's one of the worst tackling teams in the nation. Their defense is like Swiss cheese when it comes to stopping the run, yet, yet Pierce only got 57 yards on 13 carries, a 4.4-yard average. I just think he's a pedestrian guy. His best game came against Samford. Not Stanford, Samford. Seven <laughs> carries, 78 yards. He had two touchdowns. Um, they opted for Malik Davis, 92 carries, 574 yards. Uh, you know, the, both those guys were were kind of the tandem there. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go with the with a tandem guy, I've got a guy for you. 
And this is a guy that might even go undrafted. He's a, a day three guy. Zaquandre Smith from South Carolina. All right. This, sleepers. What's that? Bringing out the deep sleepers. Exactly. Now, what I like about this guy is he's got some juice and he can catch the ball. Now, Kevin Harris was the lead back, but not by much. Kevin Harris had 660 yards for South Carolina, averaged 4.3 yards per carry, four touchdowns. But Zaquandre White had 583 yards. That's less than 100 yards between the two, but he averaged 6.6 yards per, per catch, or per catch, uh, catch, I should say carry. That's what I meant to say. Had our longest 63 pair of touchdowns, but this guy can catch the ball as well. Only had 19 catches, but 202 yards, averaged 10.6 yards, scored three touchdowns. This is a guy that's that's got some juice to him, and he's also a factor on kick returns. So I don't know that he did enough to really warrant anything more than a late day three draft pick, but it's interesting that a guy who was a part-time runner at South Carolina, got invited to the Senior Bowl and got invited to the Combine. So there's something about this guy from a traits perspective, and I see it, and you can see it on the film, that this guy can run and catch the ball. He can play special teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers are interested in him, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those guys they kind of eye on day three. Yeah, and then there's one other guy that, that's I'm intrigued, and we talked about him before while the season was still going. Um, but that's going to be uh, Tyler Goodson at Iowa. Um, yeah. You know, another one of these guys who can, who can run. Tristan Wurst is going to want him in Tampa. You know that. Oh yeah. Oh well, yes, he is. You know, put up over 1100 yards on the ground last year, four and a half yard average, six uh, rushing touchdowns, 31 receptions, 247 yards. So he, he's got soft hands and, you know, he's, he's not the most explosive athlete. He's not going to run away from you or any time. You know, he's going to be around four, five, four, four, but he's shifty and he's elusive and he, and he can make guys miss. So, um, and you know, while his pass blocking obviously is going to need some work, he doesn't shy away from it at all. So yeah. uh, that's another guy that I, that I've looked at a little bit I, of a bowling ball too. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Speaking of bowling balls, holy smokes, people, what a segue that was. Listen, if you're looking for a good time, I'll tell you where to go. Pin chasers, right? Bowling food, fun. Bowling leagues, birthday parties, corporate team building, fundraisers with three locations to serve you and, and have a whole bunch of fun. They got one over here in Pasco County, East Pasco at Zephyr Hills, about 15 minutes away from me. I live in Wesley Chapel. They've got two locations in Tampa, one off the Veterans and one in Midtown, kind of by one Buccaneer place, the Advent Health Training Center. But this is the place to go when you're looking for family fun and you're looking for some good food. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribing to our Peter Report TV channel. But you can see the pizza, and it not only looks good, it tastes good. The food there at Pin Chasers is amazing. I went there this week and my son wanted to go bowling and I'm like, well, what better place than pin chasers? We went to the one in Zephyr Hills because yep. we're a little bit closer that way. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a clean environment. Food was really good. Um, and we had a, we had a blast there. Pricing, pricing is really well too. So, you know, they got beer, they got a bar there, um, yep. soft drinks for the kids, salads, uh, all kind of sandwiches and and it's just it's great food. I you normally you wouldn't think one to 
a bowling alley, you would get great food, but you do there at Pin Chasers. That's what makes it special. So if you're looking for a place to have a birthday party for your kids, if you're looking for a corporate team building environment, get your crew, get your employees and, and schedule a bowling uh, session on the weekends or after hours. It's a great place for happy hour to, to do a corporate team building event. Also fundraisers, they get their own private room where you can have uh, guests and speakers and um, your own little private party at the Pin Chasers locations. Visit pinchasers.net and let the fun begin with uh with with let, let the good times roll jc right that's what you're going to do with the, at the pin chasers uh, let the good times roll yeah. <laughs> and the bowling ball roll um i just want to i just want to leave the people with this uh because i know we're going to be wrapping up here but since 2009 the highest paid running back to lead the the uh the winning super bowl team um in rushing yards wasn't even a running back per se it was percy harvin and he made wow. two and a half million. Other than that, you had Ray Rice in 2012 making two million, and you had Leonard Fournette last year with the Bucks making two million. You, had, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players since 2009 making under a million dollars. One of them only making 320, uh, 20 in James Starks with the with the Packers. So. You know, that's I think that's another thing that comes down to it. I mean, Leonard Fournette, you want him back, you do, but do you want to pay him that amount of money? I'm not exactly sure if that's the way you want to take it, if that's the route you want to go, um, because you know history's got a way of repeating itself, and it's done so the last some since 2009. So I think that if you're gonna get a running back, you got to make sure that you're paying him a comfortable amount of money. You don't want it to handicap you going forward. I'm with you. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And uh, so really what you're saying is, is the Buccaneers should not pay any more than $2 million for any of the team backs if they want to have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl, right? Two, two and a half is, is the two top. And a half. You know? Okay. And then maybe that's Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson, you know, because he's like that wide receiver running back. I think he's going to get more money than that. I hope he doesn't. I'd love to see him in Tampa. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how – how not having Tom Brady here is going to affect how free agents look at the Buccaneers. And, and is there enough to still get people excited? Maybe without Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich sell the notion, come to Tampa. We're going to run the ball more, right? Oh. We're not going to be slinging all over the yard. We don't have Tom Brady anymore. Bring We're going more of a balanced volume. approach, you know? Not sure I would believe them because Bruce is a is a you know quarterback whisperer, right? He's He's a pass-first kind of guy. You got the... The offensive coordinator is a former quarterback. They're, of course, they're going to throw the ball, but you better be able to catch it if you're a running back, right, JC? That's hey, that's the deal. That's if you the can't key. catch, you can't pass block. You're not going to live long here in Tampa Bay. Agreed. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's Peter Report podcast. As always, make sure that you are following us on social media at Peter Report on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and make that sure that you're subscribing. Up. Yeah, hit hit the thumbs up, hit the like on our our podcast here on, on Peter report TV on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe too. We're on our way to 8,000 subscribers on YouTube. We passed 7,000 a month or so ago. Let's, let's help us get to 8,000. We need your help, your support. Greatly appreciate that. Speaking of support, if you were so inclined, uh, we appreciate the super chats that we get from time to time. We had, I think one today, but if you're looking for ways to, to donate, maybe you like JC's articles or mine or John's or Matt's or Casey's. Maybe you like the Peter Report podcast. You want to give us 
a tip. Well, we get an internet tip jar. You can find that at pewterreport.com backslash donation. Help support your favorite Bucks website. All the money we get from our donations goes right back into the technology and some of the travel that we do. I just got back from the Senior Bowl. We're going to the Combine next. Uh, those strips, obviously, part of our expenses. And you help us by giving us the Super Chats and the donations. We greatly appreciate that. And that allows us to go on location and get the information and turn it right back around and give it to you guys. So make sure you go to pewterreport.com backslash donation. And you can donate for as little as $10 with a one-time donation or only $3 a month. That's like the cost of a cup of coffee. Actually, I think coffee is more than that these days, the inflation. But it's a great way to, to support your favorite Bucks website. So we appreciate that. For J.C. Allen, I'm Scott Reynolds. We'll be, we'll be talking offensive line tomorrow as our offseason Bucks outlook continues with John Ledyard. So for J.C., I'm Scott Reynolds. We appreciate you joining us on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast.